Welcome to the Interviewing Artist Series. This podcast is dedicating to interviewing undergraduate studio art students at the University of Guelph in partnership with the Juried Art Show and Kaleidoscope Magazine. My name is Colleen Alcorn and I am one of the Juried Art Show, or Jazz, volunteers for this year's 53rd annual exhibition. Today, we are recording in Guelph, Ontario, which is situated on treaty land that is steeped in rich Indigenous history and home to many First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people today. We acknowledge the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation of the Anishinaabek people whose traditional territory we are meeting on. Welcome, Kim. It's wonderful to have you. Uh, do you want to give a, a brief little introduction to, to the listeners? Yeah, uh, my name's Kimberly. Um, I'm in my fifth year. I'm doing a double major in studio art and art history. And yeah, nice. here I am. Cool. <laughs> do you want to give maybe a little brief description of how you describe yourself and your art practice? Yeah, so my art practice primarily has just been kind focusing on like identity and memory and how to kind of work through these abstract feelings and mm-hmm. and like uh and kind of challenges you face um especially as like a first generation canadian mm-hmm. so a lot of it a lot of it focuses on kind of like the cultural preservation outside um within the diaspora cool great um what mediums do you tend to to work with? Um, I work with everything very, what's the word? Interdisciplinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I usually, it's recently been working with like photography and digitally, either digitally manipulating it or um, collaging. I have done some painting, but um, right now I'm just focusing on kind of the digital image making. Right. Cool. Um, are you taking any studio classes this, uh, this year? Yeah, I'm in photo four right now. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I know you briefly touched, um, when you were describing your practice, um, on the subject matter that you, that you like to portray in your art. Um, can you just speak a little bit more about, um, specific subject matter that you're interested in or that you've worked, um, on in the past? Yeah, so um, I've been working a lot either with my own body or with um, like found images of bodies mm-hmm. and how um, how like our bodies are being represented in media mm. and the, the stereotypes that go around, racialized stereotypes that go along with it. Um, mm-hmm. Last year with my show Call Me Poppy, I mm-hmm. did a lot regarding... Um, uh, like the the stereotyping of uh, the Chiquita Banana mm-hmm. mascot, uh, which is kind of a metaphor for the whole banana and fruit industry that it uses this image, a stereotype of uh, Latinx women. And it's, and even who they're basing the stereotype off of isn't even, South American or Central American or part of Latin American at all. It's, it's like right. a European immigrant that they're basing a Latin stereotype on. Right. Yeah. And then kind of playing around with the idea of like how fruits are kind of a new form of a 
colonized industry. And uh, yeah, so how, like the reason that uh, bananas are cheaper than apples, even though apples are grown in North America, is because of a lot of like the exploitation happening in the industry. But all of that serious stuff tied up in (laughs) kind of (laughs) making fun of it too, Mm -hmm. because I'm severely distorted in these images mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm covering my private parts in these fruits that are locally f- imported and found in Latin America and kind of playing around with the photoshop like the photoshopping of bodies in media right like I have an extremely tiny waist in these mm-hmm. pictures and yeah. I'm I'm chopped up and my torso is not attached at all to my top of my body and or the bottom half of my body that's, and it's uh, colorful yeah that's uh that's nice to hear a bit more about that show because uh, I mean I saw it and I I loved it but it's it's nice to know you know the deeper meaning behind it and um mm-hmm. Would you say that like using humor um, as a tool to talk about uh, more serious subject matter, would you say that's something that you're, you see pursuing in the future or something that, um, that you find like is a, is a useful and helpful tool with uh, approaching this subject matter? Yeah. Like I'm really interested in making these kind of heavy subject matters and like um, topics that can seem very serious and poke mm-hmm. fun at them and make them approachable and almost funny yeah. and making fun of them in a way, mm-hmm. which I think is you kind of is also a survival skill yeah. being put in very uncomfortable situations and un- uncomfortable um, subject matters that relate to you directly and being able to find the humor in in like kind of in in the terrible <laughs> yeah yeah so it's just like like anything is the people that laugh in awkward situations or like which is kind of what I do if, if I'm in like a really weird situation I'll make a joke out of it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that like I'm not taking the situation seriously I'm just trying to find like the humanity in it mm-hmm. this really awful situation yeah yeah and I think I think that's a really good tool uh like you said to make things more approachable and um like I think humor is a way that like universally people can relate to um is the humor in things mm-hmm. um and yeah yeah I, I've I really enjoyed your show um for like the playfulness aspects that you had in it um yeah like yeah. I even had a photo wall <laughs> yeah yeah bananas. it was really good it was really interesting I had, which I loved yeah yeah I wish I want to have or like unfortunately now there's no there's no interaction at all but mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah so the photo wall was just the wall of bananas that pretty much covered most of the wall of spray mm-hmm. painted bananas and I had a available signage that you can hold up like like a photo booth mm-hmm and there were kind of messages and statements that related to my show, but not directly what I was um, talking about. So it was kind of a way to tie in other issues that was happening right now. Mm-hmm. 
and how they relate to the issues I was dealing with myself. So I had, um, like I had a, on the wall, I had them hung up and I had it said, pick your fave sign and take a picture. Mm-hmm. And I had messages, like it said, I had the message of the title. So it's call me poppy and I have abolish ice. I have decolonize climate change, mm-hmm. decolonize me, uh, uh, black lives matter and indigenous women are missing and murdered. So mm-hmm. these are all issues that deal with colonialism and, mm-hmm. And it's in a way that like, it's like a photo booth kind of fashion that you're just behind a photo wall and. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely another, another good example of uh, finding a, a tool that's more like mainstream, um, like, like photo booths are uh, to work with more serious subject matter in a way that, um, yeah, like not taken less serious, but like it puts it in a way that I think is consumable uh, really easily, especially with, you know, having a photo wall and then being able to to post images and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. definitely, a, that was a great tool you used to, to make an interactive um, exhibit. I want to, to touch a bit on how you've been finding uh, creating art during the pandemic, like how how has that changed your art practice, or how has it? You know, what are some some things you've had to leap over, or maybe some tips and tricks for others, or anything really you want to talk about about how this pandemic has affected um, your process and your art? Yeah, it's really helped me use myself as a subject like I did once and I was extremely uncomfortable with it for the call me poppy because I I never put myself in anything Mm -hmm. and I was like okay I'm never doing this again and (laughs) the pandemic hit I was like well kind of have to I kind of have to if I want to like everything I work on is about myself anyway even if I'm not in it it's abstractly about myself and my experiences so um feeling more comfortable being even in zoom seeing yourself constantly looking at yourself mm-hmm. um has been a challenge that I think I'm okay with it now okay it's something you have to get over and yeah. I think it's just realizing that we're all in the same boat <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so uh but like creative creatively like I think it's kind of, it's challenged me in a way that I've been able to make more, more important things, more, more things that matter to me mm-hmm. and not, not essentially what, um, what is expected of me or, or making something for like doing artwork. That's it, like, it counts for my schoolwork, but it's also counts for, personal growth and like yeah building your own your own portfolio that matters to you it doesn't look like a work that doesn't look like a schoolwork kind of thing mm-hmm. um and I think it's kind of preparing artists to work professionally too because mm. let's be real we're not always gonna have a studio and yeah exactly. like all these labs and stuff readily available you have to look for alternative software like free software or um affordable software Mm -hmm. um because yeah like 
I have Photoshop through the school right now, but right. it's it's expensive and like yeah, like it could be affordable, but when you can find alternatives, like free alternatives, it's mm-hmm. always like a good find, but for sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's it's a challenge, but I think it's it's working and I I see it with like a lot of my classmates and mm-hmm. the work people are doing where we've always I think artists have always adapted to what's happening at the time yeah um it's always a, like art is always a response to what's going on in the world so it's kind of just like an an exercise yeah yeah <laughs> the pandemic is an exercise yeah it's giving you more that, to go off of <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 like the less you have, the more you have to think creatively mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. work again, work over, work through the challenges and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point you made about the um, of how it's like preparing artists for uh, postgraduate things. Uh, I've never like thought about it that way, but you're totally right. Like it's it's kind of forcing us into this space where we don't have access to all the things that we had before. Um, so it's good to kind of look at that, look at it in that way and like see this as a learning opportunity to like better adapt yourself for when we aren't in school. Uh, moving on to, I, I was a bit interested in where, where you tend to draw inspiration from. I found a lot more inspiration in books and um kind of like academic writing I guess mm-hmm. kind of turning like these theories and abstract and kind of applying them to myself um and learning about history and stuff like that before looking for artists mm-hmm. that would help me or inspire me um recently uh I've been really into and I've taken a class that that goes along with it too but applying like Marxist theory into my work or Mm. um, kind of using um, like ideologies and like in art theory Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of learning from them, not necessarily like following exactly or, but learning from them and using those ideologies to like apply them to myself and seeing how, cause like I work a lot with like, identity and memory and those are not physical things those are very abstract things so the best way I could understand these abstract subjects was by going about it abstractly and Mm -hmm. and it's just theory based yeah and I think before even before I even let's say look for other artists that um might relate to a work I want to do I kind of think about like the the context behind it like not exactly what I'm gonna do but what I'm trying to achieve Mm -hmm. and then it's like trial and error you just make a bunch Mm. of crap before something good comes along yeah totally totally um can you give an example of of maybe uh something that you've been learning about um and how it has like you know altered how you um perceive things with these different um, ideologies yeah so I think I was really caught up in like my own personal experience that Mm -hmm. I kind of for 
not forgot, but I kind of was like so into myself and like kind of forgot that other people were experiencing very similar things mm-hmm. and how a lot of what I was working on is very, can be relatable and, and, and even with the lack of context, you can, uh, it can be personal for other people, even if you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to spell it out for people. It doesn't have to be just about me. It can just be about a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I'm trying to think of an example. <laughs> I don't even know. Like the work I did, what was this last semester? Um, the Santas or Saints. Um, mm-hmm. That wasn't about me. It was about um, femicide. It was about um, issues like gender issues and violence and things that could affect me mm-hmm. and and things that might affect me, you don't know, but there, there's something I could relate to and something I use my, like my own, um, my own way of seeing. So, um, this work, it's a book, a book I made is, um, I was thinking about, um, femicide and, um, the, uh, the murders, like, like in, in right now in the news, it's happening everywhere, but, Mm -hmm. um there's this really famous um uh song that started in the protest in chile um and it's an anti-rapist song and it's kind of been translated all over the world for Mm -hmm. um protests around the world and how these issues aren't just in one part of the world or doesn't just affect one part of the like one uh continent or whatever it's pretty universal and how using these tools that can relate to me can also relate to someone else right um yeah so I use like a very iconographic um image that's that's very unique to um Latin American culture but used it to kind of shed light uh to an issue that is universal right cool that's a yeah nice to hear about that and like interesting um and definitely think that's a a powerful and um necessary thing to recognize that issues like that are are universal or whatever and and like twisting art to be I guess like universal um yeah and like art is political inherent mm-hmm. yeah so exactly. I think it's good for people maybe to come out of their comfort zone and be political it's not yeah I know it's totally. not for everyone but it is I think important oh definitely um, definitely so uh, I think like it's not like I came up with these ideas right off the bat this is not like oh femicide <laughs> something about the, like it yeah. was like a lot of thinking a lot of talking with my prof and Mm. like this didn't start off as like oh I know what I'm gonna do let me work on it yeah yeah it started off as like yeah I think people need to remember that's making art is not easy no (laughs) it's very hard and as much a lot of times we feel dumb before we ever get to the point where we like what we make oh definitely (laughs) like I'm like what the hell am I making yeah yeah totally 
at the yeah. end you're like yeah I knew this was gonna happen it's mm-hmm. hard <laughs> yeah you kind of have to trust the process even though you get to some points where it's very confusing what you're doing yeah totally. um are there any projects that you're currently working on we're working on a show for the end of the semester for four to four. Oh, cool um I'm kind of always been working with identity in very different ways so again I'm working on that but um I'm doing a different approach I'm just trying new methods and it's all very weird and jumbled and I don't really know what I'm doing (laughs) that's fair so yeah trust um, the process yeah you just gotta trust the process but I'll talk about what I've done last semester which I actually did a lot sure um I did um this uh work for the photo three um is called um mommy yes so you question mark and then it's it just translates to mom am I a woman now mm. um and it has to do with um quinceañeras and if you don't know what a quinceañera is it's uh your 15th birthday mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, Latin women celebrate it on the 15th and it's this the equivalent that I can think of in North America would be a debutante <laughs> <laughs> but it's like this ridiculously large traditionally pink dress and mm-hmm. I still had mine so when I, I had one when I was 15 and I tried fitting into it and I don't fit into it I was 15 mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like a representation of change and mm-hmm stages of life that's very culturally specific and really weird yeah that and it's just like a weird gender thing too because it's 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 like um you're becoming a woman but you're 15 you're yeah (laughs) yeah you're going through puberty it's an awkward stage so Mm -hmm. it's like how these traditional thing traditional um tradition is is still practiced but it's just Mm -hmm. like you still do it for this connection to tradition, to connection to culture, mm-hmm. but you understand that culturally it's not relevant, but yeah. you just do it not for what it stands for, but mostly for like this connection to a cultural tradition that you may not even have anymore, or mm-hmm. you may feel disconnected from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I include like, hidden in the picture there's just a lot of crap in those pictures but I'm basically I'm struggling to put on this big puffy pink dress Mm. and you can see pictures of me that are kind of stages of my life so I have a picture of me um in the reflection of a mirror of when I was like two or one but it's just like me in another big puffy frilly dress Mm. and then I have a picture of me in my first communion in another big puffy frilly dress (laughs) So, um, it's, it kind of got me thinking of like gender norms and gender identity and Mm -hmm. how I, I'm like, I'm a straight woman and this has all been fine for me, but what if I had, um, identity issues or what if I was non-binary or what if I didn't like these, those, these things just didn't align with me, how conflicted Mm -hmm. would I be? So yeah. yeah, it got me thinking of that, but um, 
yeah, I just remember being 15, having all this attention on me, being super awkward. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, that's... <laughs> it's pretty nuts, but it's, it's fun. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, I liked going to other people's quinceañeras and right. I liked experience it. And I liked this weird connection and, um, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's very, it's like mm-hmm. problematic, but also comforting at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's like eating your favorite, like fast food, you know, it's bad for you, but <laughs> right. It's like, it's so like good. It's good. Like, yeah. Like this, this junior chicken slapping <laughs> right now, but I know it's, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not healthy. It's not even chicken. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's just like a, it's very, I think, a third, what do they call it? This one sociologist called it a third culture. You're mm-hmm. not from one culture, you're outside of that culture, but you're creating a new culture. Hmm, cool. Within these two cultures, because you're not part of either. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's cool. That's a good way to, to phrase it, third culture. Um, well, that sounds very interesting. Um I I don't think I've seen those photos honestly, but but I mean anything gender related, obviously I am am obsessed with. But but that's that's interesting, you know, that you're able to make those connections of of what if this didn't feel comfortable, or what if I I you know these ideals didn't align with my gender or who I am. That's that's like. Um, I don't know what word I want to use for it, but like, it's, it's neat that you're able to still see those, those outlooks, um, kind of like putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, um, and then addressing those issues, even if you can't directly relate to them, you still like understand the discomfort that would come with it. Um, yeah, I think that's just thinking. Literally, I spend so much time just thinking <laughs> and sitting there before I do anything. And I think of 20 different perspectives. And right. I look at the people around me. And I'm like, how would they relate to this? Or how would they see this? And I think that goes from like, I think when we talked in the beginning is just how this can relate to other people, not just myself and not being mm-hmm. egotistical artists that Mm-hmm. just cares about what I think about the art right. that's not like to me that's not what art is it's yeah for if you you other people are going to see it not just you mm-hmm. if you want other people to see your work obviously if you want to keep to yourself that's none of my business but mm-hmm. I want other people to see it so right. yeah. um yeah I think being aware being 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 present mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no that's that's very important uh in these days you know to to be able to, to look around and, um, and see the different perspectives around you. I think, you know, we all need to be looking at it in that way in order to really understand one another. Are there any, uh, last tips you want to give any of the listeners for working at home during the pandemic? Yeah. Um, just don't be too serious. (laughs) Even if it's, you're going to make something stupid, just make something stupid honestly and if you want to make something big just make it tiny and just pretend it's big you can lie (laughs) that's true manipulate it through technology art is an illusion so (laughs) I think people should like this is after this let's say we get 
a full-time job or whatever. We're just going to be working for 40 years and mm-hmm. whatever, if you want to work. But like, it's like the only time in our life we'll be able to make art is really um, without thinking about paying bills and stuff. I'm sure we already do think about paying bills, but like <laughs> more bills, <laughs> but more bills. It's, it's so once in a lifetime kind of thing. So yeah, totally have fun and think of positive outcomes of a pandemic and everyone's mm-hmm. so focused on the negative and what they couldn't have mm-hmm. and what they couldn't do it's start thinking about what you can do right um like a lot of the uh like what i what i can do mm-hmm. i don't even know what i can do <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah i can spend like i have a video where i made tortillas and happy faces and hearts and sad faces like I couldn't do that at school in the mm-hmm. studio. I can only do that at home, right? Yeah. With with the materials I have at home, or with the materials I've bought, um, and just yeah, work with know, what you just got. Think positively, work with what you got, and and talk to your profs. <laughs> That's always a good one. That's always helpful. <laughs> Literally, I used to avoid it at all costs because they make me nervous. Mm-hmm. But um, they have some pretty good insight. Yeah, they, they know what they're doing. For sure, for <laughs> sure. There, there's a reason why they're our profs. There's <laughs> a reason why they're there. And mm-hmm. yeah, it actually helps. Even if even if you don't know what you're doing, just try talking about it with somebody. That usually helps. Yeah, totally. Well, thanks so much for uh, chatting with me and speaking a bit more about what you do. Uh, I'd love to hear about it. And um, I'm sure the listeners loved hearing also. Yeah, I'm going to plug my Insta. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Of course, I was just about to say that. Okay, so my art page is Kim Relig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's K-I-M-R-E-A-L-E-G-E. Um, and, and I have my website, like a WordPress attached to the bio if you want to see the pictures bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Um, Great. There's, I don't, yeah, just go look at it if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know you had a, a WordPress. I'm going to go check that out for sure. <laughs> well, thanks again for, for chatting. It's been lovely. Thanks for having me. All right. I'll see you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Interviewing Artist Series. Check us out on our website at juriedartshow.ca or on Instagram at juriedartshow. Uh, original music by Camp Mind.